Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Pardon the interruption, but I have a really quick question for all of you. What type of empath are you? If you're not sure and you haven't taken my empath quiz yet, you can certainly do so at thatsdeepco.com backslash empath dash quiz. And I will also leave a link for it in my show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out your type and you'll also be sent a free guided meditation that corresponds to your specific empath type. Thank you so much. And I look forward to helping you find out your type. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. Okay, so I am so excited to welcome a very special guest to the podcast today. Sandy Vo is an upstate New York-based meditation teacher, self-care practitioner, soul-centered marketing whiz, podcaster, the co-founder of Ladies Aligned, and like she says, a big believer in humans. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you so much for being here and a big mahalo to you from us in Hawaii. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm so excited. Okay, so I just want to dive right in because I have so many questions for you. Let's do it, girlfriend. All right. Okay, so where are you from and what do you do for a living? I am from upstate New York and I am a meditation teacher and that is my living. It is my life. And I am also the co-founder of Ladies Align. So I have a couple businesses that really fill up my heart and bring me joy. Awesome. And okay, what did you do before you like did what you do now? We'd love to hear your story of like how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. I can give you the cliff notes version because I know you're going to ask me some more questions. So um, prior to doing meditation full time as a business, which was actually a really hard path for me to learn how to navigate because we don't necessarily see spirituality um, as a business vehicle. Um, So prior to me doing meditation full time, I was in sales. So I was actually doing environmental sales and I was knocking doors for a living. So I would go into different areas that I was assigned and I would qualify homeowners to see whether or not they would be a great fit for the solar program that we had. Um, And that was how I made my living. And that was a six figure income. And I was teaching meditation on the side for free and operating in a place of total misalignment because I knew that teaching meditation full time and, uh, and doing that for a living was the thing that I was being called to do because there's a difference between doing work that, um, is to make a living and doing work that is to make a life. 
And meditation is the work that allows me to create a living that makes me a life. You know what I mean? So yeah. I knew that I was being called to, to do that. And eventually I made that transition after some really traumatic things happen, but that's how the universe speaks to us sometimes when we don't want to listen. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, I don't know. It's just so beautifully said. And I, I always like had mentioned before, you are so like just poetic in the way you express yourself. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. That's really kind to hear. I've, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. So what are you currently working on? So in your personal life and in your business? Hmm, in my personal life, I'm always, I find that I'm always working on refining my boundaries more and more and more. I find that the more that you grow, the more that you have to set a container that is conducive to the thing that you want to create. It's like if you want to make a baby, you have to create an environment inside of your body that is sustainable for a baby. And it's the same way as if you want to create a business project or um, an idea that you have in your mind and you want to give birth to that in the world, you have to create the space and the container for it. So I find that I'm constantly working on how can I set really clear boundaries with myself when it comes to being fierce around um, the container that I'm creating to give birth to this creation and how can I continue to communicate that to those around me in a way where it is being received and acknowledged yeah I love that I feel like I that's a lesson and something that I'm constantly working on too and do you yeah. feel like that has anything to do with like being an introvert at all <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> I think I think it does for sure I think part of our personality. Are you an introvert too, Naomi? I am. I'm um, in the Myers-Briggs uh, typology system. I'm an INFJ. Oh, so we're super close. What does a J stand for? Um, so that stands for judging. So just like the J versus the P on like the end of people's personality types, it just has to do with like how you prefer to have your like world organized. Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I find that that is probably a common thing for introverts because a lot of introverts, we going inward is, is a really um, big part of feeling fulfilled in our lives. And when we do not create boundaries around the container or the space that we have, and there's too many things that's kind of like crowding our space, whether it's relationships, whether it's, you know, business or anything like that, if, or it's ideas, sometimes your, your space is crowded with too many ideas, or sometimes your space is crowded with too many limiting beliefs. Just that space alone in general is really important for us to be able to thrive. And so when we don't have that, it feels like we're, we get anxious, we're, we feel like we're suffocating, we feel like we're imprisoning ourselves somehow because we're not given the space to fully express from really deep inside outward instead of yeah. going outward inward, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. And oh, I have so many questions, like, just kind of related around that whole topic of like introversion and setting boundaries. So I'm going to ask you in a little bit. But before then, I want to just kind of ask you a fun, like rapid fire round of kind of personal questions so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Let's do it. All right. So you're engaged and you're getting married. So congratulations. And I absolutely love just how open you are about sharing your love and your appreciation and your gratitude for your partner. So what are you most excited about when it comes to like your upcoming wedding? 
Thank you so much. This is something that we've been talking about a lot. What, what I'm really most excited about is the journey because I, I love navigating through anything with my fiance, Zach. Um, last year, we decided to travel for four months and literally leave you know america and just be over in southeast asia and it was kind of scary but exhilarating for us at the same time and we learned so much through that journey and he is just my my mirror there's everything that that i experience in my life he's able to mirror back to me in such a way that i get to go inward deeper and learn even more about myself through him so he is like my divine union so anytime that we get to navigate through anything together the journey in itself to get there is a very um, fulfilling one and one that just makes my heart feel so expansive because of the lessons that I know that I'm going to learn because of the role that he plays in my life. Yeah, totally. And I mean, is it like important to you to like, I don't know, have like a, a conscious partner that's like committed to their own personal growth? Or do you think that like, it doesn't matter whether they're there yet like because you could be there to help them like what's your thoughts on that yeah for me personally it's so important that I am being met with a divine counterpart that is also in a place of willingness to do the work to you know ask themselves questions that are really uncomfortable to lift you know what the lift the rug up to see what they've been sweeping underneath and um, to actually go through that internal process of acknowledging the things that they don't want to acknowledge. Because I've been in relationships before where that was not the case. And I felt like I was always assuming the role or position of someone that wanted to fix someone. And um, that just created a lot of misalignment in that relationship. It created a lot of resentment because when you are trying to fix someone else, it's really you trying to impose your ways and what you want on that other person. And when they do it for a little bit because they want to make you happy, you feel really good. But when they don't do it, you begin to get resentful. And that's not healthy for either you or that person. And so uh, it's really important to me that I am with a significant other that is on his own path. Like he is his own person. He is doing his own work in the world. He has life's work and a higher vision that he's here to accomplish. And we get to do that together separately at the same time. So that's definitely a really uh, important aspect for me. And honestly, ever since Zach has come into my life, I feel that from having his support and his grounding energy, I have been able to grow massively in ways that I used to think would take me a really long time to get there. It just happens so quickly because of the kind of balance that he brings into my life because he does that work too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I'm just, I don't know. I'm so excited for you guys and just your whole future together. That is so cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for following our journey. And we're actually going to be, um, I haven't shared this on my Instagram yet, but we're going to be sharing our Instagram account because we really wanted to continue to celebrate love and share our journey to marriage together and what it's like to be 
soulmates because it's not what a lot of people think. Like we butt heads a lot because we're mirrors. We're constantly reflecting and projecting to each other and we learn really quickly that way. So um, I think that it would be a really great opportunity for people to kind of understand what it's like, you know, at a very genuinely real level. So yeah. we're excited about that. Nice. And I just, I like that you share like just all like, well, I don't know if you share all of yourself because I'm sure that everybody has their, you know, a little container of privacy on Instagram, but I love that you share about your puppy all the time. So what's (laughs) his name and, you know, how has he changed your life? My puppy's name is Brody and how he's changed my life is he is a constant reminder for me of unconditional love and a constant reminder for me of what it looks like to be present. Um, you know, when you, when you are being called to a higher path of, of doing your life's work and you're really clear about what that looks like, sometimes you can be blind to what's outside of that tunnel vision that you have. And you can just dive so deep into it that you kind of lose track of everything else that's happening around you because you're so present with it. And so what's been amazing about having Brody in my life is just having his little bark remind me, okay, mom, like it's time to take a break, pay attention to me, like be present with me. Um, or when he, when he does something and it, it like makes us, that he's not supposed to do and it makes us upset in some kind of way, he knows that we're upset. We, you know, we can love him and he matches us with this energy of unconditional love instantly. Whereas humans, you know, it takes some time for us to work through a lot of those feelings before we actually get there. Um, so it's, it's amazing the things that you can learn from your animals on a daily moment to moment basis. Yes, yes, totally. I'm like just a complete animal lover too. And I have a lot of dogs here on property. So <laughs> I just, how many dogs do you have? Well, so I have two in the house, but then yeah. like we, so I live on property, like with my family, like we just have like a big, like family compound. So mm-hmm. we share like these two larger dogs outside. And then my mom has so she has like two and then my grandmother also lives on property and she has one. So we all kind of just like share and like watch them and babysit them for each other. It's kind of cool. That has to be a really fun house to live in. <laughs> and a very loud house to live in, which is hard, yeah. like, being, like, you know, introverted and, like, I feel like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term highly sensitive, like, highly oh, sensitive yeah. person. Yeah, so it's just, like, a lot of sensory uh, information going on here. Yeah, a lot. And I, I also have to say, like, another thing that I really love about dogs, now that you're talking about dogs, a bunch of dogs being together... I am both my partner and I, we really love taking Brody to training. So we, we have him in like a basic obedience class. So every single Saturday we bring him in and it is insane how much we can learn about ourselves from listening to the dog trainer and listening to the dog trainer teach you how to like talk to your dog and how they respond to your energy. And you can say something, but if you're saying it in the energy or the voice of requesting, then they're, they're going to know that you don't mean what you say. So 
again, like in doing a lot of this energy work of meditation, it's always so fascinating to hear it from a dog trainer talk about how dogs respond to our energy, not what we say. It's what it's how our energy is. So it's so much deeper than that. And it, it um, radiates throughout everything else that we do as well. So I find that really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that is fascinating. I never really thought about it like that, but that is so cool. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I am, I'm going back. So <laughs> I have two younger siblings and we, I used to always force them to play school with me. So I would write out, like I would take out little pieces of paper and write name and I would do like number one to 10 and then I would be the teacher. So I would just like play teacher. Um, I also remember um, pretending to be a model and like doing stuff with like fashion and I was all, I always had a microphone in my hand. So I was always singing. There's a, this video of me when I was two years old wearing sunglasses and I was the only baby around at that time. And I was on top of this table, a coffee table. And I had so much family around me because this is like first generation um, Vietnamese that, that came to the country. So we were all living in like a three decker apartment. And, um, I had all of my aunts and uncles around me and I would just, be, they, they would put on rap music and I would just like rap and sing. And I, I have so many videos of me singing. So those are kind of the three things that come to mind. Nice. <laughs> and on that note, what's your favorite song or musical artist? Mm, great question. My favorite song is Loving Where You're At by Alan Stone. I really love um, listening to music consciously in a way that uh, lights me up and, and reminds me that when I'm on this journey of, you know, committing to a higher path, committing to doing life's work, that uh, I always love exactly where it is that I'm at, even when I'm struggling through something or I feel challenged by something. Yeah, I, I want to check that song out. I actually went to an Alan Stone concert here on <gasps> Hawaii once. And no like way. Best. The best concert I've ever been to, he like, he had no like, uh, like amp system or anything. It was just him like on a stage, like in this auditorium, just like singing live acoustically. And I was like, I will just like die and go to heaven right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just took my, uh, I just took my video off so you could see my face. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. That's so amazing that you got to experience him live. He's such a beautiful soul. He is. He is. Okay. Let me just make sure I stay right on track because I have so many questions and I'm just like, oh, I just, but like, I love talking to you. You're just such a genuine soul. And I just want to say that. Thank you so much. Of course. I have, um, I have an hour allotted, so don't feel rushed at all. Um, I'm oh, really sweet. enjoying myself. So keep it going. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, what are your like astrological signs? If, if you know them all, if you just know, you know, your sun um, sign, what do you know your signs? I am a Scorpio. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. I'm a Taurus and I hear like they, they make for good friends. Yes. My fiance is a Taurus and my, my very first um, mentor that I hired is a Taurus. Oh, sweet. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Do you know your, um, your type in human design? Yes. I am a projector. Oh, no way. So am I. <laughs> I love that. Wow. <laughs> Wait, okay. What is one of your biggest dreams? Oh, my biggest dreams. 
I have so many. And, and honestly, the first thing that came up when you asked me that question is I feel like I'm living my dream. Um, I feel like I'm at the space in my life that I wish that I was at a really long time ago. And um, yeah, so that feels really good. And I would say like other dreams that I have is to live in a beautiful, spacious lake house. I've seen it really clearly. Um, there's like lots of plants inside, a tree in the center. <laughs> it's like built around a tree. Um, and yeah, like my, my dream is to live in a beautiful lake house with my two girls and my fiance and my dog. And um, to be writing writing books, really just to be an open channel to write whatever it is that's coming through. For me, that's going to speak directly to what's happening in the world and, and really guide people to a space of feeling, resonating inner peace and um, continue to speak on global stages all around the world. Um, and I also have a dream to uh, build a nonprofit organization that is going to provide holistic health care for people that are diagnosed with cancer. Amazing. I love that so much. Those are like just awesome dreams to have personally, but like I love that you like consider the, the collective as well. Yeah, thank you. All right. So what are some of the limiting beliefs that you're working through right now? Oh, that's such a great question. Hmm. I would say that a limiting belief that I, that constantly shows up for me is um, just having more, like being okay with desiring to have more. And I think that it's, it's the path that, that I've chosen. And I always think to myself that, you know, to be humble, that's just something that has, that, that I've learned from, you know, my teachers. However, I've also learned that being humble, which, which I feel that I am in a lot of ways, but I've learned that being humble could also be very selfish because when you humble yourself to such a degree that you're not speaking your truth or sharing your gifts with the world, then you're robbing people of the ability for them to get to know you and for them to receive any kind of wisdom or life transformation from your gifts that you have. So being humble in itself can also be, you know, um, a, a limiting belief and something that keeps you really small at the same time. So that's something that I'm constantly um, working through and uh, am challenged by. And uh, I am getting a little bit better, uh, but I do find that the best medicine for that is to just be myself. And that's really how I show up in every area of my life, whether it's on the internet, like if you meet me in person, I'm the same exact person. Um, when I'm with my family, I'm the same person. Maybe I'm a little bit grouchier when my siblings um, push my buttons because they know exactly which buttons to push. But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you get the point. Yeah, yes, okay. If you could tell your 16-year-old self anything or give her any words of wisdom, what would it be? Hmm. I would tell her to 
know your heart, know your path, trust that higher vision within you is for you and know that whatever it is that you're struggling with in the moment is meant to be for your highest and greatest good. So continue to listen to your heart and notice those subtle inner whispers that are coming through and have the confidence to trust in that above all else. And it will always lead you to your higher good. Oh, I love that so much. I'm going to have to like re-listen to this and write that down, like put it up somewhere. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So I want to jump into personality types. And so I'm just going to quickly riff here on some person, uh, personality type info. Cool. Okay. So learning our personality type is a tool that we can use to understand how we learn information and how we make decisions. So that's our brain's inner wiring. So by understanding your inner wiring, you can better understand your needs at a core level so that you can experience and feel more satisfaction in your sense of self, career, relationships, and in parenting. So Sandy is an INFP in the Myers-Briggs personality type system. So here's some fun facts about the INFP. And I think I'll just read them like in little chunks at a time and I'll like pause and see if you resonate with them or you're like, no way, this is totally like a generalization. <laughs> you let me know, okay, Sandy? <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, so that four letter code broken down, it means introverted. Um, so the I stands for introverted, the N, intuitive, the F, feeler, and the P, perceiver. So INFPs are about 5% of the general population. Um, and they're best described as seekers because they really want to know who they are and what their purpose in life is. Um, they're curious and sometimes restless, um, but that's because they have a lot of fun entertaining new possibilities and ideas. They're really curious. Um, they focus on, you know, what could be instead of what is. And it's really paired with this strong sense of idealism. So, you know, sometimes they might find themselves in that like grass is greener mentality at times, but they really bring this experimental attitude to life because they know how to explore just a ton of ideas and a ton of different lifestyles. Um, they're interested in different cultures and experiences. So what do you think about all that so far, Sandy? I think it's very spot on. Definitely Sweet. spot on. <laughs> okay. So for the INFP, um, their curiosity about the world, it, you know, really inspires them to travel and sometimes adopt that like nomad or traveler's lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I know you just have <laughs> kind of talked about that. Can you share with the listeners like maybe what that experience was like for you? Oh my gosh, it was amazing and life-changing in so many ways. So we were, we were playing around on my birthday last year, it was October 25th. We went to a coffee shop and we sat down and we were like, what would it look like to explore this idea of traveling the world? And we picked the countries that we wanted to travel to. And we literally mapped out everything from the logistics of like the flights that we would have to take, the hotels that we would stay at, like how much it was going to cost, all those things. And, um, it was amazing to live like a, a nomad for that long. We were in Bali for a month and we would transition to different Airbnbs like after three or four days. Um, it was interesting because in Bali, it's, it's very, uh, it's a very spiritually dense place and there are great energies there. And there are also pockets of not great energies. And so I was talking to this woman that does a lot of feng shui. And she was living in Bali for two years and she warned me not to go um, and book at any places to stay for a full month and to 
travel to different places. And I'm so glad I did because, um, there were some places that were so amazing. I experienced breakthroughs there. We had, um, we happened to be there on a day called Nyepi. And that is a day where the entire island basically shuts down. There's no lights anywhere, no electricity, no cars driving around. And everyone goes into a silent state of meditation. And you're just listening to yourself. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had to I can experience a meditation on my own in the mornings, you know, whenever, but I'm, I may still hear cars around me outside to experience a meditation where the entire space around you is also doing the same thing. It was potent. So that was really cool. And, um, yeah, we also experienced one place where the energy was just not good. Zach and I were like, we have to get out of here. So living like a nomad is not what you think it is. It's definitely a lot of learning. Um, it's not like you get to go out your door and you get to go in your car and know exactly where it is that you're going. There's a lot of time that you spend in doing extra research, um, making sure that you're working with people who, you know, that, that you can trust when you're in a place that you don't know. And a lot of it, the number one reason why I loved kind of living like a nomad or having this traveler's lifestyle is that you have to trust your intuition. You will not be asked to rely on your intuition as much in your home because you trust your environment. But when you are outside of your home, you have to rely on your intuition and learn how to sharpen that even more because you're in an environment where you don't know everyone that's around you and you really have to utilize your discernment to know, you know, what foods are good for me to eat and what's not for good, good for me to eat, what's good for me to drink and what's not good for me to drink and really be um, cognizant of that. So it was really cool. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's just such a unique like story that um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be inspired by. Thank you. Okay, so I'm just going to continue on a little bit more about the INFP, um, just with some facts. And so they're often turned off by the conventional path, and they prefer exploration that's both stimulating and life-giving in experiences. Yes. Um, they could be, yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes people can see them as passionate and intense. Mm -hmm. And um, once in a while, you know, the INFPs feel like, well, not once in a while, I think it's often they feel oh, yeah. that um, they feel different than others sometimes, like kind of feeling like an outsider, like the, mis the misfits, because they really prefer to forge their own unique path in life. Does that resonate with you at all? 100%. I've always felt that way down to when I was, you know, in the fifth grade. Yeah, 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 totally. And, you know, money doesn't mean everything to the INFP and they'd never sell their soul for riches. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, many INFPs say that they're highly sensitive people or HSPs and they're sensitive to their own feeling and to the feelings of others. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes this leads to feeling like unsettled or anxious in situations with um, you know, confrontation and conflict. But does meditation help with you with any of that? It really does. Um, yeah, I, as I'm listening to you go through all of this, meditation is a thing that really allows me to develop an acute level of self-awareness in how I feel, but also in how to communicate that to other people in a loving way. So I'm, I'm clear with my boundaries and I'm clear about how I can lovingly communicate that in a way where it actually teaches the people around me 
to um, look at their own boundaries and to be more more sensitive to that. So I definitely see it as a strength that you know we're feelers and that we can feel what other people are feeling as well because it's so important to acknowledge other people's um, place and space. So meditation just helps to increase that level of self-awareness even more, but it allows you to feel so calm in, in the state of where you are so that you can communicate it in a way that is loving and it doesn't become anxious. Yeah, I love that. And just like on that note, I know that like INFPs really seek refuge in spending alone time and you know it's like yeah. it's often reading or daydreaming or drawing or listening to music or maybe meditating um you know how important is alone time to you it's so important as a matter of fact when i uh met zach that was one of the things that i made clear at the very beginning when we were just friends i was like just to be clear i really love having space to myself and none of that's going to change. And, um, it's, it's just a thing in our, our relationship. And luckily he's the same exact way. And we really honor our space when we're not together. Like right now he's at a studio creating music and working with his clients. And I'm here at our, my own, own my home office and I'm talking to you. So, you know, that alone time is so important to me because that is my time for me to connect with myself, my higher self, with source, and really be able to listen. Um, and then when I'm around big groups of people, I pour so much and I exude this um, sense of lightness and playfulness that feels really good. But if I don't have my alone time to connect with myself and recharge, then I just, I don't want to be around other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever gotten like this comment from people, but like, has anyone ever thought like or misjudged you as like you know, cold or like aloof or indifferent at times? I would say that when I was when I was younger, like when I was in high school, when I was in college, I've definitely had women um, tell me after getting to know me that um, they're they're just they're like, oh, I'm really surprised that you're like you're so friendly and you're so kind and like genuine. But I think I, I came off, um, I was like major Scorpio, like imbalanced Scorpio at the time. So I think I came off in a way that was very um, intimidating, intimidating to a lot of people. I've actually heard myself describe that before. But honestly, after uh, m building a meditation practice, it's completely shifted my, my personality in a way where uh, my Scorpio sense is very balanced. And so I don't exude any, any kind of intimidating energy, I don't believe, unless I want to. I will, I will cast off like an energetic barrier around situations where, you know, maybe I just don't feel safe. I'll just cast that barrier and I don't have to say anything. People just know, you know, to keep a distance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I like, I totally perceived you as like really warm and open and, and friendly. And I feel like you know, knowing that you're an introvert, like, and just that your focus would go inward, like, I, I think I could have a better understanding of that. So I think it's kind of cool for extroverts to get to know that, like, you know, introverts, when their focus is just more, when they go inward, it's nothing like personal. It's just, right. it's just kind of the way they're wired. Yeah. And that's, that's really what allows them to be. So like, I call myself an introverted extrovert because when I'm with people, you would have no idea that I'm introverted in any way. I'm super open and um, friendly and I just want to get to know people and love on them. Yeah, yeah totally. And 
I mean, okay, let me just wrap up the, the rest of the INFP facts and then we'll see what you think. And then I want to get all into meditation and self-care and spirituality. Awesome. Let's do it. Okay. So INFPs tend to be one of the types that are the most aware that they're on a journey of self-discovery and self-development. They're really prone to empathize with and develop attachments to those who are unable to care for or like help themselves, you know, kind of like they're rooting for the underdog. Mm -hmm. And then um, let's see, they're also animal lovers at their core, but I feel like we don't have to say that because you totally are an animal lover. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, INFP, INFPs feel like they don't have to impress or influence or change people. Um, they know that that journey, you know, is for the, the other person themselves. What do you think? I totally agree. I just show up as myself, no matter if I'm in a space with people that are multimillionaires or whether I'm in a space with people that, um, you know, are homeless, which I, which I have been as well. Um, I am the same person and I don't need to exude anything different. And I find that that's what makes people feel safe enough to confide and share things with me that, um, they don't share with a lot of other people. And that always feels, um, amazing that I can create that space, but that comes from not feeling like I need to impress or influence or change people. I just get to be myself. And by me being myself, I actually influence them, um, you know, accidentally to also be themselves as well. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I'm always so inspired by other INFPs, like my little sister is an INFP. And just the biggest lesson that I learned is just like, be yourself and, and thrive. And, you know, like, you're, you're going to create this just beautiful masterpiece of artwork that is your life. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's so cool, Naomi, is when you get into doing more of these type personality tests, and like you learn about your astrology, and you look into Ayurveda, which is a very ancient practice and you look into human design when you look at all the the things that you are in those aspects they all they all make sense like the scorpio and like in ayurveda i am a pitta dosha major uh, majority of me is like a pitta dosha and kapha so that's fire energy and um earth energy and then when you look at Scorpios, like it's very like Scorpios in the desert. So it's like very fiery energy. Um, so it's, it's really amazing how it's, it's all the same thing. <laughs> it's just communicated wow. differently. Yeah. It's very fascinating. And I've always been interested in, in that. And also projectors as well. Like projectors are a lot of projectors are introverts because their number one uh, goal or, or life work is to focus on their masterpiece is to focus on their craft and just by them doing that they attract the relationships and the money and the clients and the people just by focusing on their craft and when we try to kind of do what other people are doing and adopt like strategies and just stuff whatever's trending on facebook or the latest sponsored ads that you've seen from someone that tells you how to grow a multiple six-figure business like we've all seen so many of those um then then they fall out of a place of alignment but when they focus on doing the things that they love, then the rest just kind of shows up. So I find that really fascinating how all the different personality types of the, the different traditions and um, uh, areas of the world, it, it comes out to be the same thing. Wow. Yeah, I totally, I love what you said and just have to make a quick comment. So you said that your, your mind body type is a Pitta Kapha combination. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, me too. <laughs> oh my that. gosh. I love that. We're, we're mirroring twins right now. Yeah. No, it's just so cool to like meet another person who just is like so aligned in so many ways, you know, it's kind of cool to branch out just beyond your local community of, of friends. Always. Yeah. Okay. So I want to dive into meditation, self-care and spirituality. So how would you best describe what meditation is and looks like uh, for our listeners who may be unfamiliar with what it is? Yeah. So you can, first of all, I'll talk about kind of what meditation is not. So I think a lot of times when people think about meditation, they, or at least me, like before I knew what meditation was, I thought of it as, you know, a monk that was sitting inside of a cave and like meditating all day. And um, that was just the imagery that was projected to me from different films that I watched when I was younger, like that grasshopper, like Kung Fu movie with Mr. Miyagi. I don't know why I just thought about that. But, um, but that's what I think of when I think of meditation. And I learned that that is actually not the case. And meditation is 100% a necessity for people that are living in the modern world. And what you can imagine meditation is, is imagine your computer right now. Imagine if your hard drive was filled up, you would get a notification from your computer that would say your disk is full. And when your disk is full, what's going to happen is if you try to download new information, it's not going to go inside of that disk, right? So in order to download new information, you have to look at the information that's sitting on your hard drive and determine whether or not you want to delete it or not. Because once you delete it, you're going to create more room on that hard drive to download new information. So just like the way that a hard drive kind of works or a computer works, it's something that we use every single day. So I know a lot of us understand this. Meditation is a process of reprogramming the mind. So it's not just about sitting still and closing your eyes. It is a moment to moment practice of having constant awareness of the thoughts that are coming up in your mind, acknowledging them and doing the rewiring work to take what is sitting in your unconscious mind that maybe it's like the old files that you haven't looked at in a really, really, really long time. Maybe there's like some files that you have there of things that happened in your past, like things that you um, picked up from your parents, maybe things that you picked up from an ex-boyfriend or friends that were around you, or maybe a teacher said something to you when you were like, you know, in the seventh grade and it really hurt your feelings and it defined the way that you were living your life now. Meditation is a process of looking at those things and being able to understand it from a really detached place so that you can create new patterns in your mind and new pathways and literally create your future. So in order for us to, a lot of us talk about in the self-development world, we talk about, you know, our future self. In order for us to get to our future self, we can't just sit here and say, you know, what, what kind of life would you want to create? What, how much money do you want to make? All those questions are so great to ask. But, you know, when I'm working with my clients, I don't want to just skip to the future. I want them to become aware of what that vision is. And I take them through a really careful process where they can see it really clearly. But I also want them to become aware of the same repeating patterns that are showing up. And in order for us to do that, we have to look at what's sitting in our unconscious mind. So as we learn more of a sustaining meditation practice, it's not just a guided meditation practice. Like you go onto your phone, open an app and you listen to it. And then it, it calms you down for 10 minutes. And then 
like you feel like your problems are gone, but then they come back up the next day. It's a process of doing this your, yourself so that you can become self-sufficient so that you don't have to rely on anything that's outside of you. And so the same thing that I learned from my teacher, he's given me such an incredible gift of being able to become so self-sufficient that I can rely on my own inner wisdom and listen to my own inner guru and be guided to what it is that I'm being called to do instead of constantly seeking information and Google searching the heck out of, you know, my browser to find out, you know, whatever it is that I want to explore. It's a process of going inward. Yeah, I love that so much. And like, how can our listeners in and the community work with you? Like, can you tell us kind of what services like that you're offering right now? Yeah, that's such a great question. So right now, the thing that I'm offering and the thing that I'm most passionate about, because it's a thing that I found the highest yield of transformation for my clients is my private container. It's a six month program where I work intimately with my clients and I help them do exactly this. We tap into what their higher vision is and what their life path looks like. It's not something that I'm saying for them. It's something that they're seeing themselves that I'm exuding, that they're exuding outward. Um, and I just in their mirror, I'm just reflecting back to them the things that they may not see. And I tell a lot of my clients, this is, um, there's this really amazing old wise phrase that, that goes by the saying, you can give a man a fish and it's going to feed him for a day, but you can teach him how to fish and it's going to feed him for a lifetime. So when I work with my clients, it's really important to me that I gift them and equip them with the tools and practices that they can rely on and not me. And so it's a program that's built to help you become self-sufficient by the time that you walk out of it so that when a certain pattern comes up or a certain limiting beliefs comes up, you're aware of it, but you know exactly what to do to transform that so that what happens is the grooves that are marked in your unconscious mind become more and more lessened. And then you get to create space in your mind to actually have the energy to accomplish your dreams. Because there's so many people right now that want to, that see a very clear vision for themselves, or maybe they have an idea of what it is that they want to do and, and how big they want to build you know, their lives to, but they don't feel like they have the energy to do it. And they already feel so burnt out and so depleted. So it's really doing that work. And I do it through yoga science and some of the, the practices that I've learned from doing this for the past seven years. And then also learning how to create containers that help us to build um, our businesses around our core values. So that is honestly my favorite thing to, to work with, with my clients. Um, and I don't have many spaces left for that. It's like three or four spaces left. Um, but I am looking to do something like a retreat in Bali. <laughs> That's something that I have been thinking about a lot. And it's been so transformational for me, that experience in Bali. So yeah, just uh, follow me on Instagram and you will stay up to date with any new offerings that I have. But right now, the one-to-one -one container is where I provide massive transformation for my clients. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm sure our listeners are just like going to be super excited to work with you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. I'm so, I love serving people who are just invested and committed to their growth. They 
bring a different energy than anyone else because because they, they desire it. It's like they have a burning desire to exceed beyond their limiting beliefs. And they see so much more for themselves. And that energy is so magnetic and it's so fun for me to work with people like that. And it gives me more energy, you know? So I really enjoy what I do. Absolutely, that is so cool. Okay, so I wanna just talk, well, touch briefly on just like your story of overcoming grief and depression and anxiety and loss. Um, I know that you've shared your personal story of other podcasts where um, you shared your story about losing a close family member. And, you know, I feel like I really resonated with that because I've experienced the same thing. And um, rather than, you know, having you share your entire story, I just want to talk about like this, this little quote that you said, and you said, uh, pain is the messenger of truth and the catalyst to deepening our level of awareness. So evolving our expansion so that we can surrender, you know, to that highest expression. Um, and you also said that you had to be your own student first. Like, how, how does this relate to, you know, overcoming your grief and that personal story? Yeah, so just to kind of give some context really briefly about what Naomi is talking about. Um, I lost my cousin who I'm super close to, uh, to leukemia when she was 20 years old and she was like a big sister to me. So it was a huge loss that I was denying for a really long time. I really, I would make up stories in my mind that, you know, she's just away in college or something. Um, and it got to such a degree that I was realizing that that was causing me to live in a state of depression because I was ignoring something that was wanting to be acknowledged by me. And truly depression is when you're just trying to be happy for a really long time. But that's the thing, like you're trying to be happy without realizing that the source of your happiness is looking at that pain. And that's why I say that pain is a messenger of truth and the catalyst to deepening our level of awareness and expansion. Because when we can just lift up the rug and look at the things that we've slipped under there, and we can just kind of be present with it and acknowledge it, we can literally break generational patterns as, as I have done, you know, just this past year, we can literally transform that, that pain into energy that is creative energy, that is love, that is fulfillment, that is happiness. And just as we experience all the dualities in the world, you know, without hatred, there wouldn't be love, without, you know, pain, there wouldn't be pleasure. It's the same thing as if we didn't have pain, we wouldn't know what it would feel like to have happiness on the other side of it. So as I worked through you know, these past few years, few years, and, and just for the rest of my life of doing this inner work, I am constantly in awareness of, you know, where might I be hurting? What, what is the pain that I'm feeling and looking at that? Because every single time that I've done it, I feel so fulfilled. And I, I understand that pain at such an acute level that I know that it's, it is the source. It is my higher self. Um, that's just a veal that's, that's covering, you know, the truth. And I just need to dig into that a little bit more and the truth appears. So, um, yeah. And then in terms of being your own student first, that's, that's part of that process. I think that what I experience in our world today is there's a lot of naysayers. 
there's a lot of people that can just kind of go on Instagram and start a podcast and do Facebook lives and they can say whatever it is that they want to say. They have that right. However, there's a difference between saying something and preaching it and being a practitioner of it. So I think it's really important that as we navigate this path, um, that we're constantly being a student to ourselves first and literally drinking the medicine that we are giving to other people, because that's exactly how we become more potent conscious leaders in the world is when we actually practice and do that work ourselves. And so when I shared that quote, that's kind of what I meant. Nice. Thank you so much for explaining that. You're just so insightful and I don't know, your words just provide so much healing. So thank you. I'm so happy that it provides you healing. That means a lot. Sweet. Okay. So um, I want to talk all about entrepreneurship and following your soul's calling and building a sisterhood, um, you know, with a focus on women's empowerment. So I love that you're a female entrepreneur and you're literally like one of the biggest inspirations to me in terms of like what I think, or not that I, what I think a female entrepreneur should be, but like, I really aspire to, to be just like you because uh, you're just so kind and genuine and authentic and uh, with everything that you express and put out there. So who are some of your biggest inspirations in terms of thought leaders in the community? Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. I do not take that lightly. Um, some of my inspirations, Miriam Williamson. I think it's been really amazing to follow her journey um, from being this amazing spiritual leader to now running to be president. Um, that's just amazing. And that just shows me where our world is shifting to. Um, Miriam Williamson. Um, Katie or Byron Katie is also another amazing woman. She wrote the book Loving What Is. And I I love that book and how it's very introspective and it invites you to if if you're arguing with your significant other and you think it's them, it, it shows you how like it's all you. So yeah. what that what that gives you is so much freedom and liberty because you realize that what you experience in the outside world is a direct reflection of what's happening in your inner world. And so anytime you feel annoyed or you know, bothered by something, it's always a direct reflection of what's happening inside or where you're being called to look within. So I really love um, Byron Katie. And then um, who else? Lori Harder is a, a modern um, woman that I, I love. I love that she is able to kind of share some of the spirituality in a very um, surface way where people can really understand. And I think that's important. I think that in order for this kind of deep work to reach the masses, it has to be shared in a way that is at a level of consciousness that people can understand. And I think she has a gift in doing that. And I've seen her grow through different iterations and phases of her business. And she just continues to be the same amazing woman that she is. And, and she's actually going to be speaking at our event as a keynote speaker this year. So I'm really excited to have her. And of course, Oprah Winfrey, because she yes. is, I mean, gosh, like she's always been my inspiration since I was a little girl. My parents would be like in their nail salon and I would be in the back room watching Oprah on TV and just admiring her and all that she is. So those are a few of my female entrepreneurs inspirations. These are excellent people. I love it. 
And so I also know that you had mentioned like on some of your posts that you come from a family with an immigrant background. And that really resonates with me too, because I too come from a family with an immigrant background. I'm a mix of Okinawan and Southeast Asian and African American and European and Native American. And you've like just been a total light and a pioneer to me in terms of being like a multicultural female entrepreneur. So how, how is that, um, I don't know how to, like, how is it being a multicultural entrepreneur out there? I know it's no different because we're all human, but in terms of like maybe the challenges and, and, the, and the rewards that you found and the lessons. This is really interesting because <laughs> I don't know why when you said that I, I have tears in my eyes and I got chills throughout my body. Um, when, when you just said all of that. Yeah. And, and what I think that's, that's coming through for me, when you said multicultural female entrepreneur, and you know that I've been a light and a pioneer in that is, I, I don't feel like I've represented myself as that as much. And I think that that's what I'm definitely being called to do. I, I feel so deeply that there are so many um, multicultural, gifted, amazing women that deserve to be heard and that I could use my gifts and the work that I do as kind of lighting the path for them. And I don't recognize that I'm already doing that. Um, so I think that's why it's hitting me right now because I feel acknowledged and recognized by you for that. So I really appreciate that. And it's really in this moment inspiring me to kind of speak up and share more of that, you know, in, in all that I do. So that like, this is a gift to me right now. And I just, I want you to know that <laughs> before I answer your question. <laughs> oh, thank you. That, you got me emotional over here. Cause I'm just like, it's, it's, it's just like for the little kids out there and for the younger versions of ourselves, like it just, that's what we naturally look for. It's like, okay, there's, there's, there's nobody else out there that like looks like me or set that example. So then you start to question like, okay, maybe I just wasn't meant for that. And that, that's total rubbish. Right. So. Yeah. And as I'm, I'm sitting with this a little bit more and I'm, I'm being present of with that kind of just to answer your question, it's, it's such a different experience growing up in America as a multicultural female. So just like you, I think we're, gosh, we're so similar. Um, a lot of people think I'm Hawaiian actually, yeah. <laughs> um, but I am Vietnamese, African American and Indian. So we're, we're just very, very similar. Um, and it, it's, it's so different just growing up in the United States. Like when I was, 10 years old, I had to learn how to pretend to be like a lawyer because there were companies and corporations trying to scam my parents because they didn't know good English, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I had to help my mom sort through all the bills and like, you know, write a check and, and do all those things. And there's a lot that is wired in us at a very young, young age before we even knew it. I, I'm the biggest sister. So I started you know, cooking when I was like eight years old, I knew how to make eggs and rice and like all the things to take care of my younger siblings. So I, I think I got a little bit emotional because it, I want to share more of that, of that journey and what it looks like to be wired, um, it, of believing in yourself, of understanding your worth, at a really young age because you can't be a 10 year old girl and speak up to these organizations and kind of like make them scared if you didn't believe in yourself or you didn't have that kind of 
self-worth. And, and I even find that that's where my, my business partner tells me that I'm like a pro at negotiating. Um, and I, with our first event, we, we were able to not be in the red and profit because a lot of events, what a lot of people will tell you is that you will go in the red. Um, but we were able to profit because I did a lot of negotiating. And I think so much of that comes from having this background as a multi-female entrepreneur. And I think that so many um, of us people who grew up in America with kind of immigrant parents, we have this innate ability to be entrepreneurs. Like it is wired in us to work hard. It is wired in us to be self-sufficient and it's wired in, in us to be resourceful and to just figure it out. There were so many times when I was younger, you know, being the oldest of two siblings and being the, the daughter that kind of had to figure, like do everything and figure it out. Like I didn't have anyone else to turn to. I had to figure it out and do it myself. And through that, I was able to really trust what it was that I had, like trust my ability to just always find a way. And so where I am now in my entrepreneurial journey is every time that I have an idea, instead of saying, let me find a way first, and then I'll execute on that idea. It's let me say yes to that idea. And I know I'll find a way. So it's super powerful. And gosh, I'm just so inspired by this conversation. Um, and what's come up because I think this is gonna, um, this is gonna be this is gonna create uh, a pathway for me to really speak to something that's clearly on my heart that I didn't realize until you asked me this question. So gosh, thank you, Naomi. Thank you. This is like totally inspiring and motivating to me. And I just feel that it will be for the collective too. So thank you. Of course. So I just want to just give you a huge thank you and a big mahalo from us here because you just answered the questions just so insightfully. And I just want to ask you, do you have anything else to share with the community before uh, we wrap up here? Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for having me as a guest on the show. I, if I could do one thing with the people that are listening to this community, it would be to have the opportunity to meet them in person. And so I have a company that I co-founded called Ladies Aligned with my business partner, Melissa Martin. And we have this annual signature event called Align and Rise, and we just opened up ticket sales for Align and Rise 2020. Last year, that event was, gosh, just life-changing, not just for me, but for the women who attended. And it is an event that is facilitated to really help you declare your truth, express yourself boldly, and create a wildly abundant life and be unapologetic about it. So we follow this signature alignment model of self-care, money mindset, and a roadmap to success to equip women with the tools that they need to actually feel confident enough to declare their truth. So it's a three-day live event and it's May 1st to the 3rd. And I would so love the opportunity to meet you in person. It is in upstate New York and um, it's at a beautiful venue and you get a whole suite to yourself. And I just, I just love for the opportunity to connect with people that I meet on Instagram or that, you know, listen to podcast episodes. It's the coolest thing ever. It's like, how cool is this that we're talking into a microphone right now to each other and it's being released to people all over the world. And we kind of get to have the opportunity to connect before we even meet. 
Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. And where can our listeners find you online and on social media um, if they want to get more information on that event and just all about you and your services? Absolutely. If you want to find me and connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at iSandyVo. And I send me a DM or an audio message. I love, love connecting as Naomi knows. <laughs> and you can find me on my website, sandyvo.com. My podcast is Super Conscious Soul, where I dive into a lot more of this. And then what else? Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I totally appreciate your time and I can't wait to connect again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Sandy. Bye. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's Riley with the That's Deep podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews. Tap the number of stars you see fit and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep podcast, a little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support and good luck.